Hey, Dave from Squawking Dead here. Just wanted to do a lead into this episode. One of the points that I actually did not bring up in this episode was when Carol was seeking out the rat in the middle of the night with Dog, you could hear the music that sounded sort of like the Whisperer's theme. And it was a little broken version, pared down version of this, the, the tune. And I, I did want to make mention of that because we do draw a little, some allegories to the rat as being alpha, let's say, or the journey to capture or kill alpha. So uh, that is pretty much it for that. I did want to bring up another thing as a result of our recently, just now, premiered stream on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope slash Twitter. Uh, a lot of great feedback uh, in the chat for those episodes. So if you do want to check that out, you can see some of the really, really great points that were made by uh, Connie, aka Free from the Cocoon, and even Alania Stevens Hassel, who, uh, who who brought up some really, really good Carol insight and some references to why some things in this episode make sense, like the scarf and a little of the bucket, and then meeting and doing the same thing at the end of Diverged mimics some things. Uh, a specific moment in season seven. So I, I encourage you to check that out. Uh, check out the chat in YouTube is basically where, where most of the action was taking place anyway. So uh, yeah, if you do have a chance to join us in our premieres, it's it's a really good time. We all get to collaborate in the chat. But if not, you can always go to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. And uh, we may even do something with your reviews, your little five-star, hopefully, reviews. Um, if you have any input to add or anything we missed, it's always a good place to actually give us feedback, even if you didn't like the episode. So without further ado, I want to hand you off to the episode. Enjoy. Are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And I'm proud to say that I, there was a heart, there was a lump in my throat uh, last Friday as we were producing uh, Sharon D and Cosmolom 09's interview with Peggy Schott. <laughs> Rachel did the intro that I usually do. Aww. And that made me have all the feelings. I'd be like, <laughs> my little girl is all grown up. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, you, 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 and you kept that from me. I'm like, I did. I didn't even tell you I was going to do it. And I was just like, oh, this is a real thing. <laughs> That's a real thing. Anyway, so uh, happy with that. If you guys don't know what we're talking about, we actually have uh, in coffee.com slash squawking dead. We have the unedited version of our interview with Peggy shot. You can download that now. Yes. There's some audio drift, obviously, blah, 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 blah. But the, <laughs> the principal edit for that pot for that interview is actually almost ready. Well, is ready. We just had to put in the text, the images, the, the rollovers, the details, all that stuff, all the crazy stuff that makes it a really good interview. That's going to be technically episode 125. You're watching episode 126, the walking dead's 21st episode of season 10, the fifth of six bonus episodes called Diverged. Sharon is actually in the chat as we record. 
And yeah. you could be too. If you head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead, follow us there. And if you want to join in on an episode the day of, we will be releasing the details for it. You can join in or you could just pick up the unedited episode recordings afterwards to, for download, for use, for whatever you want to do. You want to masturbate to it? You can do that too. <laughs> whatever you want. <laughs> Whatever you want to do with it. You want to cancel us with it? Feel free. Lord knows Charity's doing it every day, every week. <laughs> okay. Rebecca Punch is here in the chat, too. Oh, we God. Got it's a, only going to get worse a, from here. We got a full house tonight, folks. <laughs> yes. And thank you for being here. And no, I will. I have not seen this buoy. <laughs> A buoy, which I have not <laughs> seen. This is a bonus episode. It's something to keep in mind. The fan experience, for some, not all. It seems like it's a lot, but it's not a lot. It's just that noisy minority of people who mm. aren't comfortable with these bonus episodes. As bonus episodes go, I'm not saying they're not meant to, to move the story, the overall story along. They are. They're just not moving it faster than a normal episode would. The constraints are a little off. The shackles are a little off. They get to tell the story a little slower, get to focus a little bit more on character development, and also get to front load a little bit more knowledge that we can have telling a little bit more of a narrative tale rather than an overall plot moving, arc moving tale, which I think is important given how long season 10 has been. As things go, people watch this episode and they were like kind of mad about it. Now, I get it. I understand it. I mean, we're really not going anywhere. I can understand boredom, but to be mad, I don't understand people getting mad. That I don't, that I don't understand. You have nothing to be mad about. These are bonus episodes. Just say thank you. But being bored, sure. I can see where people were bored because it, it was slower. There wasn't a lot of action, a lot of, you know what I mean? I get that. But to be mad. But even you, I think maybe you, for all, especially watching it however many hundreds of times you got <laughs> to watch it. We, we, talk, we talked about that in the pre-show. Uh, you can get that too if you listen to the <laughs> yeah. So, but do you see maybe where they're coming from, at least in the terms of boredom or at least in terms of, I don't know. I only I watch it twice. <laughs> Once to watch. Yeah. Second for notes. Okay. If, if people are not a big fan of Carol, then they're going to be bored because it's mm. a heavy Carol episode. I just yawn too, which doesn't make it any better. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's only because I'm um, tired. <laughs> you know, and then there's other fans who, who watch the show on like what I would call like a surface level. You know what I mean? Where you and I, and, and most of the people in, in our TW family, we watch the characters' development, what they're doing and why they're doing it and what it could mean for the future and what they're going through. If if people aren't watching the episodes, watching these characters in that way, then yeah, I could see where they would be pretty bored because Carol's going through some shit. And if you're not sympathetic to that, it's going to be boring. There may be some characters I'm mad about. Like, I remember when I was saying, oh, yeah, Kelly's part of Team Family. Well, the only reason why I said that was because I was like, eh, meh, Kelly. <laughs> but the reason why I mentioned that is because I noticed it. I noticed when she actually meant more to the story or to the group or where she's sort of acting as part of it. Because mm -hmm. the reason why I thought it was meh was because I follow everybody's character development. I try to see if the show is give, doing them justice this okay well what happened to marco this week nothing what happened to marco that week nothing right. where's marco i want to know <laughs> exactly now you understand kind of why how i watch it and if i go meh to a character it's only because the show didn't give them any right. spotlight or limelight not because i have anything against them though it's not my fault it's the show's fault <laughs> <laughs> so there <laughs> make them uh, a deeper character yeah exactly <laughs> then i'll care about them more that's it yeah that's it i care about the story that's all i care about well and so this what's is what brings me to this topic is because it, these episodes you could see for someone like me it's a little hard but
But knowing that these are bonus episodes, again, reducing the expectations yes. does help, has helped me. I, I was a little concerned, a little bit about even one more, but also Splinter. We talked about it last week and we have to talk about this week, you know, but getting it out of the way, I think I'm okay. Just to kind of give you my gauge. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy this episode. Let's put it this way. I got some things out of it. You're like, this is a pretty straightforward episode, Dave. I'm like, <laughs> not so fast not so fast i got i've got some things we can talk about some things because some things are revealed in this episode i listened to a george drake episode <laughs> he, he actually gave me some good front-loaded knowledge just want to say that up front mm. the, the whole as it pertains to the golden age of piracy by hugh f rankin now mm -hmm. which talks about blackbeard the pirate who was born in bristol england died in Orcacoke, north carolina i think i said that right you never know that's pretty cool a uh, pirate that ends up in north carolina and dies in the u.s what i thought was cool about that was something that was said on talking dead obviously which was the concept of carol having been on the high sees kind of like fishing for it for a living not obviously well actually we don't know being a pirate we don't know did i say that right sharon orca okraco is okra i must have spelled that wrong okra coke o-c-r-a-c-o-c-o-k-e but yeah i mean alluding to carol in the high seas which is interesting because like in the comic i think uh it's michonne sort of for a little while and so mm -hmm. carol's taking on that role something we really never really touched on actually i guess maybe we never got around to it or we, we were saying oh michonne's gonna go on this mission and she sort of did with Virgil, but it wasn't quite what we thought it would be, obviously. Right. What George Drake was saying in his video was that what this is going to maybe allude to is there's a possibility that instead of New Mexico, the Daryl and Carol take the high seas. In listening to his video and actually looking at the events of this episode, I'm starting to think actually that what this Carol and Daryl spinoff could be about is everybody keeps assuming that they're together. Because of this episode, you see that these two people are doing things in parallel that intersect at some points and diverge from others. Carol and Daryl are in a similar situation. Works out for Carol, works out for Daryl, barely works out for Carol in each situation. But the idea is to highlight how they meet adversity and either overcome it or don't have a bad day. <laughs> But in seeing this episode, I'm think, thinking to myself, what, what would the spinoff look like? And maybe we can talk about that for a little bit. But I, I started to think maybe it's them, two, those two on separate journeys that will ultimately maybe at the end of the first season wind up or maybe a second season wind up having them meet up at the end. And then, then, then they have to go through it together. Like they, they're away from each other for a very long time, maybe even a couple years. But they go through similar situations that will ultimately intersect at some point. All of their journeys combined will meet up at one point. Not just them as people, but the sum total of what they've been through and how maybe they found out that even though they had separate experiences, they have some of those experiences have consequences that tie together. So like you'd say they meet a party along the way somewhere else. That party was in contact with or is it has some relation to what Carol is going through over on this side. So at, when they finally meet up, because you have the CRM, you have the Commonwealth, you have the Pioneers still. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to spell it out, Virginia's group. <laughs> Because um, we see them, we're assuming it's them, in episode 1014, which was, again, same season, right? Denies exit. Everyone is so convinced that Carol and Daryl are going to be together in the, in this spinoff. I'm 13. 13. Oh, oh, okay. My bad. Not romantically, necessarily, just together in general in their right. journey. But that is not a guarantee. I think what you're posing is completely plausible and it sounds exactly like what something amc would do to us <laughs> look at all the setup that they're giving us it's like they're saying don't be too sure yeah. that this is going to be exactly right. what you think it's going to be now when carol picked up that pirate book the first thing i thought of was of course when she was on the on the boat she was reminded that she does fine on her own so to me this is 
Carol looking, sort of weighing her options. Do I stay? Do I go? What reason do I have to stay? Now, after watching Find Me and her picking up that book, I think she's also remembering the conversation her and Daryl just had. And he said, I should have let you get back on the boat. And here she is looking at a pirate book, reminding her of being on the boat. I could. <laughs> yeah. And she and, could. And she could. And she even brings it up to Dog later, you know. In the should, I, should I go? I am really worried. If people don't start forgiving Carol, and, and, and if they don't want to forgive her, that's fine. People have their own opinion on things. But if Carol doesn't start to feel like she's helping out, contributing, that people are at least looking at her a little bit differently now, in a better way, obviously, she might just hightail it out of there. She's a runner. She's shoplifting in a clothing store. She, we got a runner. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. yeah. If she feels like people don't want her there, she'll leave. Which makes it actually pretty cool, cool that Jerry is the one to kind of be there for her. Jerry uh, is the one running, sort of, it feels like, Alexandria. Yeah. Carol even it said as much in Find Me, you know, Jerry's stepping up, kind of taking a leadership role. I like it. This is what I like about what The Walking Dead does sometimes, is that one could easily look at Jerry, obviously a remnant of the kingdom, you know, and now the hilltop is having to do it now. You could see Jerry as somebody being a victim or someone who is a refugee. But no, Jerry, like Carol in this episode, just... I was going to say pull up the bootstraps, but then people get triggered. Uh, <laughs> like, no, he he puts his work boots on and he, he does the work and he just gets into it. And then kind of like Father Gabriel, he uh, just emerges like a leader. Like we didn't think we didn't see it coming with Father no. Gabriel. It just turns out. And I think maybe this is how it happened. He just emerged as the natural choice. Somehow over six, seven years of time, it could just happen. After the events of the storm, you know, Jerry saying, oh, <laughs> King Top, that could be the new name. And then he finds himself in Alexandria again. And, you know, he's pulling him, say, Zeke is gone. You know, now he could step into some more of a leadership position, which I'm kind of seeing in this episode. I think he's stepping out of his brother's shadow. I say his brother. I don't say his king. I like it. But his yeah. brother's shadow. And he's, like, eliciting his own advice. He could be quoting the king, but he decides not to. <laughs> I like that bit of it, too. But there's a bigger, more relevant reason for why he's he specifically is in this episode. It's easy to forget that Jerry and Carol have been together for a very long time. Zeke, Carol, and Jerry have been together in the kingdom for six plus years. But I, we have to say it out loud because we've forgotten. I'm yeah. sure. I was even watching this episode. I'm like, oh yeah, he's he's giving her the side eye because of what happened in the cave. And like, wait, no, it's that's not just it. There's more to this. And I'm like, oh yeah, duh. Shh, they were king playing king and queen in the royal family in the kingdom. <laughs> Henry, Prince Henry and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when you think about that, you think, oh, yes, it is sort of about the cave, but it's also him going to her saying, I know you. I know you all these years. Look, I feel bad for having left Magna there. You know, remember he had his little moment too? Yeah. And then when Connie just ended up being missing and Magna turned up episodes later in Morningstar, that's when Carol is going to have her moment. So they both kind of had similar trajectories. I mean, he's not responsible technically, right? Right. For abandoning them, but at the same time, same time so they go through similar journeys they know each other for several years and yeah he might have a little side eye with her after knowing her for so long he gets it because he was with henry too he obviously chooses to do things differently but he knows his queen he loves his queen he's like yeah queen you got the highwaymen to join on when i was saying you even murdered those those assholes <laughs> right right yeah there's a lot of history there's a lot of history between jerry and she and you might have forgotten it's right. so it's so easy to forget yeah 
Well, a lot of that was during a time jump, so we didn't get to see it. We just have to know it. We have to know it and remember it. It's good that you said it just like that, because it, it that's why it's easy to forget. Right. Uh, I wanted to mention Sharon's comment, Daryl and Carol equals John and June. <laughs> we got a runner. <laughs> yeah, Carol and June being runners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I think Dory is finding he can do running just as equal, equally well. <laughs> <sighs> right. Ooh. I get where John's coming from. He needs to separate himself from all of that. It's fitting that Jerry chooses to step out of his brother's shadow to elicit his own advice as a leader by way of a hug. Great. Jerry's doing Jerry. Great. We need more of that. Moving backwards in time. When he says, uh, hey, dude, in the beginning, he's like, why are you pretending like everything's okay? I know you. I know something's wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But also, it's kind of like a lot of shit's happened since we last spoke, bitch. (laughs) Right. And yes, I know you, but why are you pretending like everything's okay? Or like everything, nothing has changed between us. Like, I know. I'm not saying there's bad blood. I'm just saying, stop acting like everything's okay. Don't be Alexandria Carol with the cookies and all that shit. She walks up and and says all this stuff. And, you know, I was thinking about doing this and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go check out da 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 And then he just goes, uh, hey, dude. Hey, dude. Like, totally disregard everything she said. And is just like, hi. Which tells you something else. Like Carol is meeting another roadblock. I said when we ha- when we were talking about find me, she's pulling the same shit on Daryl in their own way. But she's like pretending like everything's okay. It's not okay. Annoying him about the bike in the beginning of the episode. You know, get on the yeah. bike. It's like, come on, I just want to be alone, kind of. Be- leave me alone. And then like <laughs> she's just like, yeah, no, we're friends. And then like whatever, they move out. But then, like, it's the same with Jerry. It's like, I know you, bitch. Come on. <laughs> Don't pretend like we didn't spend seven years together. <laughs> right? Yep. And and nothing says it better. Carol goes off with the red bucket into the wilderness to gather, like, dandelion greens and nettles and stuff like that. And Jerry goes, <laughs> rustle up some stones for me. Yeah. And she goes, <laughs> perfect. It's like, dude, just getting it from all vectors. He's just like, I'm, I'm going to break you down, bitch. Come on. I know you. Don't pretend like everything. Everything's fine. And then at the end, you find they do get some sort of resolution. He's like, Ezekiel has something to say about that. He's like, and then even she's pushing back. She's like, what else does Ezekiel have to say? (laughs) I don't know, but here's some hugs. (laughs) Right. And she's like, ah, shit. (laughs) Well, okay. Oh, it looked like it felt so nice, too, didn't Mm. it? Big old Cooper hug. Cooper Andrews. <laughs> this, wait, hold on. We got to get some beard M- A- ASMR because obviously I have to fill in where Jerry, where Cooper Andrews can't. Oh, yeah. There you go. Let's get some of that. Come on, Cooper. Here oh, we go. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> See, Sharon, he likes to beat me to the punch because I, I knew about the stone soup line. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she had second... to remind me of it. I, could, I didn't remember it. She reminded yeah. me. What's funny is that when Virginia mentions this in, um, I have it, I think it's 514. Ginny mentions this in relation to the group. She says it because you you guys are out here eating stone soup. You know, you want to eat stone soup. Stone soup is supposed to represent your shit's running thin, you know, and you're just all trying to co-op and trying to, you know, why, yeah, she says it right now. Why suck on a stone when you eat, get, could be slurping sloop? So Carol explains it pretty well. However, one of the biggest reasons why stone soup is called stone soup is because, first of all, when, when the initial person who makes the stone soup is preparing it they use a large stone in the pot now the reason is obviously or not so obvious if you don't really pay attention to why the parable is why it, what it is the stone soup makes the soup look fuller than it really is and it's an allegory for this episode too carol is trying to make herself look fuller in front of jerry in front of daryl to make her feel more well adjusted than she really is you drop a stone into her depths so it appears like it's a full brim 
warm soup is piping hot and it's boiling out of the pot. It's like, oh, I'm delicious. And Jerry's at the end of the episode, dog is salivating. He's like, oh, but there's nothing there. But what does it mean? We go back to Carol's explanation. Now that's true. What what they end up doing by the end of the thing. And the, the, the reason why this tale is so popular is because once it was popularized, you would have people going town to town, encouraging the residents to chip in. This tale originated originally from the Pale of Settlement, which was Ukraine. It's a Jewish folktale, actually. Very poor communities, ghettos of Jews huddled in different villages and stuff like that, and they had hard times. So occasionally a rabbi would go to each town and he would, he would drop a large stone in a big pot and say, hmm, I'm cooking the soup here, but you know what? I'm missing a few ingredients, like Carol said in the show. And by the end of it, you know, and this is this is for Sabbath dinner. You know, this is like one of the meals, okay, that you kind of want to have to have. You know, you do one a week and you do the big Sabbath meal on Friday night and it gives people something to celebrate week by week, have some sort of um, ritual or togetherness. What does that mean for Carol? Well, Carol could do it alone like you said. But part of what happens in this episode is you clearly see moments where Carol excels at so many things. Even the things that she ends up failing on, you're look looking on like, how does Carol know how to make a rat trap? How does Carol know how to make soup? How does Carol know how to do this? How does Carol know how to do that? Now clearly things, there are some things she does exceedingly well, killing walkers, for example. And you, and you, and you, and you. It was fun. Foraging. She got a win there. She can now her the steams are in her jets. There she's she's got the energy to keep going after losing. She fixes the solar panels. It works for a little while, breaks down. She's like, okay, well, yes, today's over. Now, nobody's perfect. Things don't always work out the way they should. Fine, we're only human. But it's clear to me from the stone suit parable mentioned in the beginning, yes, you could do it on your own, but it's going to be a whole lot harder. And even Jerry along the way is like, is there anything I could do to help? This is after she in the beginning is asking, hey, can I do anything? And he's like, nope. <laughs> he's even saying, you can't do this on your own. You can, you can. Can I help? You can, but can I help? This brings me back to the Daryl and Carol spinoff. It makes me almost a little bit weirded out because the show is clearly saying you can't do it on your own. Let let people in. We can help you clean up the mess. You can do it yourself and maybe some you should, but you can ask for help to clean up your mess. You went out of your way to clean up ours, expected nothing in return and got shit for it mm -hmm. <laughs> from your best friend and maybe other people, other people who are not with us may no longer be with us. We don't know. She doesn't know that but yeah. may no longer be with us. So it's the least we can do. Yes, maybe we feel uneasy about you, but you're you and we love you. Let us help you. Stop being an asshole and pretending everything's <laughs> okay, that you have a handle on everything. I know you're great but you're still a human being. But that's why I talk about the Carol and Dale, or Daryl episode, because now I'm thinking, okay, what is the show trying to tell us? Is the show trying to tell us that she's going to heal up and then now she's can be great on her own slash with Daryl? Because the show always, has always been telling us along the way that you can do it on your own, but clearly if you want the best chance of survival, it's going to be with people. Would watching two well-adjusted heroes be all that entertaining, though? They still need a little bit of grit and drama. That's what we want to watch. So are they saying that maybe people can be two people? I mean, I like the idea that Carol and Daryl are, are capable of, I mean, obviously they're both fine on their own. They're fine, but they're so much better together. So maybe the spinoff will be a little bit of both. Maybe they try to go out on their own and when they come together, they find out it's just, just makes more sense. 
that the dream team together. And maybe it is a lot what Daryl said to Rick in episode 902, 901 even, when he was talking about lifting up the sanctuary. Daryl was kind of musing about mm. how things were kind of great when it was just like the Atlanta Five or like the Seven or Eight or whatever it was, you know, mm -hmm. depending on when. But just a small <laughs> group traveling and, and just make trying to make it through. Yeah. It was good for Daryl. It was good enough for him. Kind of like uh, musing over days gone by. Ha ha ha. First episode. Maybe he gets his wish with the spinoff. But what I wanted to talk about also was there's another parable, a very common Jewish parable, parable about what it means to speak ill of somebody, especially in public. The analogy is as follows. You want to know what it's like to, to spread rumors about somebody. You want to know what it's like to speak ill of somebody publicly or even, pri even behind closed doors and how that rumor spreads. Go out in, in the middle of the square on a windy day and tear open a pillow and watch the feathers fly everywhere. Okay, wait till the end of the day and pick up all the feathers. <laughs> Can't do it, right? No, no. Th this is why it's so bad. Mm -hmm. It gets away from you, right? We say this a lot about Carol sometimes, whatever. Sorry, you don't like it. But, <laughs> but, but it's true because what happens in this episode is that you see many versions of that, okay? When dog, is, when dog is trying to catch the rat, everything gets knocked down. It's an allegory. It's an allegory for what happened with Carol. Just, I'm trying to get the rat. Mm -hmm. Trap the rat and then the rat escapes, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is what happened earlier in the season. <laughs> and then she screamed up oh. and she did scream at the rat when the rat got escaped, not the same way, which scared the shit out of us. <laughs> um, but again, it was so cleverly written. It was like, whoa, she had it trapped and there was like a little hole in the box and the rat just went whoop and just yeah. spilled out. Ah. And I was like, alpha, alpha. <laughs> <laughs> right and so but then what happened then she went clamoring around the room knocking shit down going through hoops doing this doing that she needed a negan is what what we're trying to say <laughs> but, well dog was supposed to be the negan what was he he was just sitting there completely useless being best friends with the rat now <laughs> Stupid dog. I mean, the dog is the dog. What are you gonna play the dog? The dog, the dog, dog. Seven stayed on his mark like a good boy, so he, was, exactly. he did what he was supposed to. It's Carol, that was ad libbing, <laughs> just going around the room, and David's like, "Yo, this is gold, right? Keep going, keep going." Especially for the blooper reel. Oh, we got forty minutes of this. <laughs> we could put this at the end credits of the DVD slash oh, Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, I would pay so much money to see that forty minutes. Oh, I really would. I hope AMC doesn't hear this. <laughs> Check. Yep. Okay. Tell me how much. You, yep. It's all all my money's yours. <laughs> David Boyd comes to you in the back alley and goes, I got something you want, okay. I got something you want, Rachel. <laughs> you, you got uh, the stuff? <laughs> right? Also, you mean, you you mean that, money? The big bushy beard in a trench coat? Oh, I can't I just... It's so skeevy. I don't know if I would meet him in an alley. He's adorable, too. But, like, you know, still... Mm. Alleys are scary. Make everyone scary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Alleys, trench coats, and big bushy beards together. <laughs> <laughs> Separate, I can handle them. Yeah, yeah. All together. Degrees. Yeah, just a bad recipe. But, uh, <laughs> but it's an allegory. Like, her just seeing that the rat escaped made her lose her mind and she focused yeah. only on that didn't care about what she knocked down in the process didn't care like you know we're running low on food you know who cares it's the rat tearing up the wall because i just need to get at that thing it's an allegory but what does it mean it means get some help yeah <laughs> get some help but i want to give credit where credit is due because i feel like i haven't been emphasizing it enough seeing what carol can do it reminded us of how impressed we should be by her and daryl but 
mostly Carol. Like Daryl was kind of <laughs> cool. Car- Daryl was like, oh, I got this grunt, grunt, snort, 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 grunt. It's odd how he chose the, the path less traveled and yet made it through. Like, but it tells it. Sometimes stories are told in a way that show virtue, right? And I don't like saying this. Carol, <laughs> Carol's not a bad person, but she did a thing that got broken. Yeah. And so a lot of what this episode is, is just sometimes stories show that brokenness in different spots in the same episode to illustrate the point a lot. And it's annoying. <laughs> yeah. I think the fact that she's that she's having this reaction says something that she that she does care. Someone who is so detached and inhuman wouldn't care about their actions she's clearly suffering for what she did yes she knows it was the right thing but man she feels terrible about it and that i mean that's the most human thing is to have regret right well maybe not regret but but she does feel bad she's she it feels responsible there we go not regret responsibility because even after all of that even after things fell over and even after she tore up the drywall in the, in the garage. What do you see? You see her sweeping up after herself, putting up yep. the new drywall. And even Jerry saying, it, it sounds like a nothing thing that Jerry says. And he's, But he says, yeah, caring, it's a real problem. This is in reference to him saying, I'm not gonna give up on you. Right. But it also says something about Carol too. And not in words, because she can't really say the fucking words. Yeah, caring. It's a problem. It's the reason why I pick up everything when I, once I'm done messing it up or I try. Mm-hmm. I care. It's not like I don't. I just couldn't see it at the time, what I was doing. Which, listen, things fall apart. The center cannot hold. <laughs> but I sometimes think that, like, in... I don't know, this is a lot like the Beta the Prophet, prophet conversation. I like how we can concatenate <laughs> something to, like, a meme. Beta the Prophet. Gabriel the Touched One. You know, like, things like that. <laughs> where, like, instantly I can say something, you're like, okay, we're getting ready to talk about something spooky (laughs) sometimes i think and and the show hasn't made it 100 clear one way or the other except for daryl daryl's indispensable they won't kill him sometimes i think carol is unkillable every time i see her on the screen i see another thing that impresses me about her she will do something like make a rat trap out of some crazy shit fix a solar panel who knew now i'm not going to challenge that i'll be like okay fine Maybe she's had to do that many times over the last how many years, whatever. We've been in the apocalypse for a long time. I'm sure skills have been learned. There's no indication that tells me that she can't do that. So I'm going to assume that she can. I wonder if she really does need anybody sometimes. Yes. The the answer is yes. Everyone needs people. She might feel like she doesn't, and and she, we've we saw her living in the little the little cabin outside a kingdom by herself, and she thought she was okay. But the longer you go without people, I that's just it's just not good for you. You might feel okay, but you're not. You're just, you're not. You need people. Yeah, and what else do you have to live for? Really, we are we are pack animals. <laughs> well, more than that, we're social animals. Yeah. I, I mean, yes, pack animals are social animals right. too, but we're more social than that. You know? Right. We we need we need community. <laughs> and even okay. <laughs> I kinda wanna bring up this conversation now. Dog says all life is precious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 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 like Chuck McGill trying to find the electricity in the walls. Oh, yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. If you've ever seen that, that's in um, Better Call, Better Call Saul. Saul. First season. Mm-hmm. I think it's first season. Yeah, right before he killed himself. Killed himself. Third season. Third season, Sharon says. Oh, was it third season? Oh, God. You said, okay, remember when you said how they're clearly, clearly a lot better together, at least Daryl and Carol, right? Yeah. They can really do anything, right? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Dream team. Right before Carol picks up the Golden Age of Piracy book, there's a comic book that doesn't really exist called Man of Armor. But it looks like two superheroes, much in the way that Carol and Daryl are posing in their promos for the TWD season 10 promos, right? 
Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, after just after New York Comic Con, praise be upon him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing those promo photos of, you know, obviously Denai Guerrero as Michonne and Daryl yeah. and Carol, the, the knife and the pose and this and that. And he's posing this way, same same poses as the comic book characters. And it's not just Man of Armor. Man of Armor has a sidekick on the front, a woman sidekick, and it seems as though Man of Armor is nothing without his sidekick. So that's what it looks go. like. It may be the Daryl show. Sorry. <laughs> but, but not really. So I want to go back to what Rebecca Punch just said about I've been getting so weird in the apocalypse in quarantine. <laughs> well, same thing. She says, I can't get anything done if I'm wearing PJ pants. But that's that's something that I've learned working freelance. I learned that if I had that routine of doing everything that I need to do as, as if I was going to work, I, I was in work mode, you know, by getting all dressed and quaffed and all that stuff. You mm -hmm. know, there was a cell there was a ceremony to it and, and a ritual to it that you just it puts you in the right mindset not so much when you're a technician doing it work remotely i just lost <laughs> all sense of that shit i lost all semblance of it. i roll out i start working because that's my life <laughs> sharon he says no 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 that's a man of amor <laughs> the men of amor but i don't know what this ultimately leads to i really don't again with the spinoff looming in the horizon the messages the mixed messages i think um that the show is kind of giving off this this episode mostly in the realm obviously of in this episode proper you can't do it alone let people in just like you tried to do it alone getting alpha and succeeded but not without breaking things in the process mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that you're you get excluded from the help you know you you stop this thing like we're not gonna not acknowledge that you helped stop this war okay as mad as even david cameo is <laughs> or was i'm not i'm not a mad person i have to put this on the, the the virtue part of the character and i have to say this has to be addressed carol you can't just keep walking around pretending like everything's okay it's not okay daryl even said it to you last night i know you're upset i know you're upset i'm upset for you <laughs> but you know it has to be has to be addressed and she knows it yeah. they, they, this, this episode made it a, con a concerted effort of eliciting that she wants to fix the ripped tear in the scarf which by the way I don't know about you, but maybe just the hype. Did you get this weird feeling that when she picked up the scarf, what was your first thought? Gun, gun to your head. Gun to your head. First thought. When she first picked it up, I didn't have a thought until later. The scarf representing Carol, something that's damaged and that she wants to repair. I took that back, though, at the end when she threw it away and gave up on it. And I'm like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. We don't give up on broken. Nope, nope, nope. I take back my I take back my thoughts. All of them. No, no. <laughs> I think she was trying so hard to fix things that weren't directly related to the thing she needed to fix. Mm -hmm. That sometimes we only have so much bandwidth. We can't fix everything. Well, things, yeah. fall, things fall apart. The, the, the apocalypse is a perfect example of that. Entropy. You know, sometimes things have to die for new things to grow, which is kind of what I took a little bit out of, again, because they keep bringing up this imagery of the nature scenes you know things that's the way world the world works sometimes things die things sometimes things break down that can't be fixed and sometimes it's not worth fixing sometimes you can only do so much and sometimes you can't control everything even though you think you can i mean we find that out with carl we find that out with so many different things in this universe you know it's not mm -hmm. in your control like talking dead made it a concerted effort to elicit the fact that so many things are out of your, 
your control that these characters are doing. The fuel line is going to break and you're going to have to fix it. And Daryl goes way out of his way to fix it, but succeeds. Fine. Like I said, they can do anything. Fine. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed. Again, I'm impressed, but it's like, I can do that. Oh, nobody. Nobody's. These are extraordinary people. But after a while of doing all these extraordinary things, solar panels, rat traps, soup, killing walkers, is a page out of the Passover Haggadah. Because it's Passover now, right? And there's a there's a thing at the end of the, like at the end of the seder, the, one of the last few pages, you sing the song called Chad Gadia, which means kid, you know, like a baby goat. Okay. And the story goes, basically, it starts with one kid, and then a cat eats the eats the kid, and then a dog eats the cat, and then the bull mows down the the dog, which is a wolf. Um, and then there's a whole string of events, right, that happens to to the kid, but the, what had to happen to the kids, so, and then the, this thing eats that thing, and then it eats that thing, and this slaughters that. And this is this and this is and then the angel of death gets slaughtered by god and this is a whole string of events it's like there's nothing's in con your control that's the thing except and the whole thing is that nothing's in your con in control except for god that's the whole thing so yeah. this has to happen here for the solar panel to get fixed and then this has to get and then they can't make the soup without the power and then this has to happen for that and then we have to catch the rat or else the soup is never going to get made <laughs> and the dog is going to get ornery and so, like, I kept thinking of, like, if we just did this Passover Seder, <laughs> like, oh, it's a lot like that. She's going around all of Alexandria just to make soup, just to get this one win, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. At some point, she's just like, I, you, this scarf thing isn't even on the agenda. It's yeah. like not even part of the thing I'm trying to do. So why am I trying to fix everything? I'm only human. I can only yeah. do so much. But going back to my first instinct was I scrambled because of course I didn't have time to do this because I was thinking to myself, why does this scarf remind me of Leah? I don't know why. I just thought, seems like something Lynn Collins would wear. <laughs> Didn't it? Like, it was like a tie-dye pink or something? It w yeah, it was like sheer, it looked sheer, sort of fashion-y, like, not a practical scarf. It was, yeah, something pretty. Or even something like, like, even Carol at some points in her, uh, Carol in some iterations of her character, she used to wear that scarf thing that went around her head, too. It mm -hmm. looked kind of like that. So I was, like, thinking to myself... Well, Carol or Melissa? Melissa wears a lot of head scarves. Maybe, maybe it was Melissa, but yeah. I don't know, maybe Carol. Did Carol maybe wear something like that? Maybe she did at one point. She might have, like, when her hair when her hair was still buzzed in transition. I feel like I yeah. yeah I feel like I maybe remember her with something on her head so I thought about that I thought about Leah and then I thought about oh then my mind started playing tricks on me like on a Friday night I'm not I wasn't high I promise uh, <laughs> and then I started thinking oh my god what if Leah was Leah was a whisperer and like right mm. and so I'm just thinking to myself like was she part of the group and then oh and then I thought this weird thought like what if Leah was the person oh my god I'm thinking of myself this and this would be crazy if this was true because we saw what the person's face looked like later like what if leah was the person that daryl shot with the bolt the whisperer that he sh that with judith um, oh yeah and got something from her hand i forgot what it was but either way like what if that was leah right like and he shot her like a long time ago and i was just thinking to myself like what if what if that was that like what if he inadvertently like and do you remember that scene that he was so callous in front of judith killing mm -hmm. this this thing and judith was kind of like is this what it's got to be like you know is this this what we have to become what we become right right is that what you become when you lose people right is that what has you have to become mm -hmm. and then what, what about the irony of, of having to become that thing after trying to find this person and you inadvertently killed that person I, this Jeez. is the thought that came in i like what if like what if he killed leah Lea a long time ago he didn't even know what if she was part of the whispers it's it's just got me thinking oh my gosh and then the hole in the scarf just put it all together i'm like oh my gosh she's dead a long time ago <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be crazy, though? That would be crazy, but they would have to somehow explain it, and then we would have to go back to that scene where Daryl kills the, the Whisperer to explain it somehow. We've met Leah. There's got to be a wrap-up at some point. Like, she didn't die like Maze did, so there's got to be a conclusion to her story. Right. If that was the conclusion, then the show would have to go back to that scene to tell us that it was her. And make him see that or something. But then again, we're, we're, I think we're getting closer to be of the mind that she died right when he met her. Like Nisa said. Remember Nisa I think said she's that. still. I think she's still alive and out there somewhere. I don't know why she left. I don't know if she left voluntarily or if, you know, another group picked her up and held her captive and now she's just a part of it. But I think she's alive and out there somewhere. And I think we'll see her in season 11. I hope so. Because uh, it's definitely not going to be this season. Thank you. Here's Negan. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Unless here's Negan that shows some sort of Leah origi- origin story. <laughs> Maybe, you never know. Well, which actually kind of leads us to a different path. Like, we see Daryl go off on the road less traveled. Daryl says good luck to Carol going to Alexandria. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was an interesting choice of words. They're kind of close. They're not that far away. I'm assuming because it can't be that far that it's that perilous since it's a direct route to Alexandria. Oh, I thought he meant good luck with the Alexandrians. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, not not the journey there. But you (laughs) you wouldn't think, like, it's... It feels like a throwaway, throwaway, like, oh, like, how you doing? Good morning. <laughs> Good luck. Like a throwaway line. It's two things. Obviously, he's wishing her well, like, in spite of their just having having an argument. But mm-hmm. it also means good luck with the Alexandrians, like you said. But you wouldn't think that on first glance. Like, you'd be like, oh, see it, sayonara. Like, whatever. <laughs> they know about the hilltop. Look, we just had the tower, which wasn't that long ago. And in the tower, everybody was giving Carol the side eye. We, did you forget? Yeah, of course I forgot. <laughs> everybody was giving her shit diana was giving her shit everybody was so she gets back and there is a little tension between her and jerry not much because again jerry's the perfect person to be the one to talk to at first and jerry's in charge which is great for her Mm -hmm. front-loaded knowledge on the queen he can kind of set the mood for everybody else (laughs) and everybody else is kind of like fucking off and doing their own thing which is great for her and fixing the solar panels definitely gets people a little bit better in carol's graces so power goes a long way but it's notable that daryl knows that daryl is painfully aware that that's the case so but then daryl goes off on his own you know and obviously hits his own little travails right but in the process of that those scenes with the zombie soldiers are not nothing there's smoke in the distance which illustrates that there was some sort of remnant of a fire which is maybe what daryl was going towards who's the last person we see in army fatigue but our little pope mark you pope mark you oh yeah he was a, a uniform, wasn't he? Yeah. Which is why David Boyd was almost had jizzing all over the screen because like he's like doing this, giving everybody a thumbs up. Yeah, you're on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we wrote in the writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's both soldier walkers and regular walkers, but obviously soldier walkers. Uh, I don't know if At least these... three or four of them? Could be five. We don't know because the show's tricking us into thinking there's more, so uh. it's all impressions now. But <laughs> saying what I've said now, what do you think may be going on here? Just off the top of your dome, or if you've had time to think about it. What are these walkers? Are they the Reapers? Were they burned out by the Reapers? Um... Was this army fatigue guy in response to to the reapers like i i should have been more intuitive to to noticing the 
the army fatigues because when I saw them and I knew that Daryl was without his knife, I thought the same thing he probably did. Oh, they're going to have, they're oh, going to have shit. Yeah. They're going to have a bunch of shit. So, and honestly, that's kind of where my thought ended. I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Go get him. He's going to have shit. And then I saw another one and I'm like, Oh, score. More yeah, shit. Yeah. Get him too. More <laughs> shit. <laughs> so like, yeah, I didn't even think <laughs> so about anything. Shit. I didn't even think about anything bigger. I just thought about, you know, what the army guys would have. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's shit a I need. Shit. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a rain shit. Multi tools yeah. everywhere. <laughs> Which again, mostly most of the stuff he found was bullets and magazines. A couple of Leatherman multi tools and some MREs. MREs. Yep. Very some MREs. Oh, that'll fill your belly up for days, actually. You've eaten MREs, right? I have not. Eric has, but I have not had that oh. pleasure. It, they're actually really good. I they, think it depends really on which ones you get. Cause oh, lately? Eric no, had a few, and he said they were like dog food. It was nasty. I, you know, that's passable. <laughs> but, you know, put it this way. Think what you want of them, right? In the apocalypse, it's it would be gourmet. with gold. Yeah, yeah my God. Yeah. Remember when Rick and Michonne found them? Uh, they made a chili mac. And I was like yep. thinking, you're not having sex. Oh, you are. Oh, that's a bad <laughs> idea. Uh, hurry before the BG set in. Yep. <laughs> or their or RGs, the rumble guts. <laughs> oh, yeah, bubble guts. <laughs> yeah, that's the yep. BGs, the bubble guts. <laughs> <laughs> Stand alive, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it makes you think a little bit about okay, mark you, mark you. Like now, so, I think that yeah. <laughs> so there's a little bit of an illusion there. So it it makes you think it, uh, is was that guy part of the Reapers? Was this guy just another faction fighting the Reapers? Was you know what I mean? Like because they're dead, obviously. So these soldiers look like they had been dead a long time too. Don't True. you think? Like they didn't look fresh but why are they emerging now like where are they coming from right or did they yeah. open a facility maybe that was overrun by them or hmm. there's just again a lot of questions but it makes us think a little bit because this is obviously something significant that we shouldn't not talk about if it were just one soldier i would say okay he was there because daryl needed his supplies but there were multiple soldiers so that that's on purpose that has to mean something you're right but mm. they're not burnt up they're mm -hmm. roaming free i don't know maybe the facility that housed them burned down or uh, there's, n there's no way to tell really but there's obviously yeah. significance to it we're not gonna know we're not gonna know till season 11 if at all who knows last season you never know what's yeah. gonna happen just like my first instinct regarding the guy that was sniping out maggie's maggie's running crew i can't be 100 certain this is the reapers and even talk the folks that have been on talking dead you know like angela kang and some of the writers even they haven't alluded yes or no on that front so mm -hmm. i might stick with my first instinct on that one like these soldier guys not the reapers but dicks still dicks and maybe are being taken out by the reapers who knows which is yeah. why maybe those soldier people think maggie's crew are the reapers oh wouldn't that be interesting which is why they're being so aggressive i'm interested to see more of maggie's people too you know jerry said a bunch of maggie's people are asleep in michonne's kitchen and i'm thinking all of maggie's people we've met so far are like dead a, like a handful yeah are dead <laughs> but I like what I like what Carol's recap in the beginning told us. Things that we had suspicions of but weren't 100% certain of. One of the things we said right off the bat from the first episode of these bonus episodes was another handful of mouths to feed. Even though some of them got killed off, another handful of mouths to feed mm -hmm. among the ocean uh the hilltoppers that now have to be segmented through Oceanside and and Alexandria. Yeah. And and it's 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 hardship. And then when, once Find Me comes out, I had the suspicion I don't know, I think maybe both of us had the 
suspicion that they're going out to hunt because uh, obviously, look, things are running thin. We need food. Finds a deer on the road that's been ravaged by the whispers slash walkers. And they're just not having good luck. They find fish, but how much? Not that much. And so the suspicion was, oh, it's looking bad. And so when she recaps in the beginning, we're like, okay, now we know that Maggie's people is another stressor to Mm -hmm. to this already bad situation. And somebody says as much too. Somebody actually says as much that if they don't find food soon, it's going to be a problem. I don't know if this is, it was this episode, but food food shortages is obviously a very real big problem, especially you know right now because the whispers destroyed everything. But when it comes to bringing new people in, I don't know that I would look at them and be like, oh god, more mouths to feed. I mean, yes, that is part of it, but these but are also more right, yeah. But these are also more people to to help and rebuild and plant and go out and hunt and look and bring it back for everybody else. The more mouths to feed, to me, is on the lower end of problems, considering right, until, how much more of an asset these people could be. Right, until it, it gets so bad that it does right. become a problem, right? And that's, that's, right. That's, that's, that's all I'm trying to say. I'm on your side with saying, yeah, more people means more hands, more minds, mm-hmm. more empty bellies, but... More people thinking about how to solve all these problems. That's right. never a bad thing. Yeah. But then it kind of brings me back to what what Carol says, which is, and has been brought up before. Aaron has said it, I think, too. Maybe our luck's run out. Uh. You know, maybe this place is over. Alexander's <sighs> over. Yeah. Which makes it pri- a prime opportunity for, like, somebody like the Commonwealth to, sh- to come in and just solve mm. all their problems, right? This is priming them for that... <laughs> gateway you know and do you do you think this series is gonna end happily <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying the conclusion that everything's gonna be okay i'm just saying that i it's, mean it's a perfect moment for these people to take advantage of their circumstances yeah. that's all i mean <laughs> I'm yeah saying, all i see is cake and ice cream in these teasers <laughs> <laughs> right and what was the latest promo because i kind of missed it oh it i don't like know a... if i saw the, a newer one Okay, yeah, it's a gavel. It's not just that it's a gavel. It's not a judge's bench. This is oh. like a city council kind of cir- a half circle with oh. a bunch of seats. And there's mics set up and everything, And but there's a gavel at the end. So it's more like a city council meeting kind of looking setting. One of the first teasers was the Hornsby interview room, which we added the vocals to, <laughs> the uh, ice cream, the cake. Then there was the subway, which said, God should ask me for forgiveness. That was that was really cool, right? Yeah, oh my gosh. Then the very next one is a justice thing. So it's kind of like forgiveness, justice, mm. cake, let them eat cake, <laughs> ice cream, we have ice cream. So they lure you in with this, and then they elicit feelings of probably like regret, remorse, justice, whatever. And then the last one is a scene of justice, you know, like a city council, like ruling. I wonder who they will get to play to- Pamela Milton if they even choose to go with that character. I feel like the Pamela Milton character is someone they could gender bend. Interesting. And get away and and be absolutely fine. Pamela Milton does not need to be a female role. If they decided to cast a, a male as the leader of the Commonwealth, that wouldn't affect the story at all. You know what my natural response to that's going to be? Anyone's natural response to that would be. Why, in the age that we live in, where the future's female, like there's an ever-present sense of female empowerment, why would that go to a man? Or how could they justify that role going to a man? I mean, I hope they don't, because women kick ass too, obviously. Look at Colby yeah. as Virginia. She is the baddest of badasses. <sighs> that's right, Sharon D. Hashtag girls get it done. I'm sorry, I didn't mean that for that to come off like, I want a man to play that role. I just, in my head, I'm going, if they were to to pick somebody else, Kelly's character is actually a man in the comic books. 
Oh yeah, yeah. That's um, so if they were to do that again, way, right, right. So if they were to <laughs> do that again, Pamela Milton's character is someone that they could do that with that isn't going to impact the storyline at all. That was my only thought process. I I'm not saying I want a man to play that role. I'm just saying if they did that, I'd go, eh, okay. Well, you know what that actually makes me think of is like, remember what you said about Princess and Yumiko? Yeah. Oh, maybe she's their one of the... Maybe, maybe. What if Mercer is a troll? What if Michael J. Shaw is is not going to be Mercer and then they kind of bait and switch and put a female character? Wait, as Mercer? Yeah. They've already announced him as Mercer. But what if it's like a big old troll? What if it's just like, oh, I'll go along with this. That would be kind of cool, though. (laughs) If they did do that, then they can make Pam- Pamela Milton a guy. And so they can... Shoot, shoot, oh, shoot. Mercer's a girl and Pamela's a, girl, a right. boy. Like a big, yeah. strong, like a powerful woman Yeah, but Mercer. Like why would they powerful. do that? Why would they come out and announce someone as a character and then be like, just kidding, dude. <laughs> Go back to your corner. We, You're not playing this game. <laughs> girl, that would be I... so mean. That would be so mean. Super Troll Brothers. You know, I don't know. do 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 Oh gosh. Everybody now now Sharon Dean and uh and Rebecca Bunch are like saying Oh my god Meryl Streep Lady Grantham is Pamela. Meryl Streep would be amazing. Maggie Smith would be amazing. Oh yeah. Now Maggie Smith's a little older to play the Pamela Milton character, only because yeah, only because she has in the comics, I don't know what they're going to do on the show. Pamela mm. has a son who's, I don't know, I'd say between 20 and 30. Kind of like a Deanna, really. Somewhere in that little shit range. Yeah, he's very much Spencer. Oh, yeah, could be a grandson. Very good point. See? You fixed it. Yep. Doesn't have to be a son. Could be a grandson. Little shitty grandson. And what would make that a very interesting decision <laughs> is seeing how old Maggie Grace is. And she's very old. How someone like that could live in the apocalypse. Only the Commonwealth oh. could make that happen. She would be stellar in that role, too, honestly. <laughs> but, like, really to illustrate would. the point that this is how safe their community is. That right. She someone can exist. live to this age and thrive. I'll take your words under advisement. As, <laughs> as we watch, because we don't, again, we don't know if they're going to fill that role or if they can even use that role maybe right they, maybe they could pull a um like they could say this person's in power you know oh pamela's gonna be really angry oh and then they get to the the boss's office and pamela milton doesn't exist oh okay it's just like, like this big shadow figure that everyone's yeah, afraid of that, that doesn't nobody, exist exactly or it's yeah. like one of those uh <laughs> you know manchurian candidate kind of things like oh. <laughs> like like, oh, it's just a, just a dumbass in a chair, you know, and right. really the council takes care of everything or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see what's going to go on. I, I'm very curious to see if we're ever going to see Jane Atkinson again. Which, again, I think we can conclusively say that's not Pamela Milton. This, no. This, this Georgie thing, again, we're only saying this because we said it before and we have to say it again. Georgie is not Pamela Milton. No. Never was, never will be. Separate thing. Definitely different. Pro- possibly related to the pioneers, most likely because she went out west mm-hmm. i don't think it has anything to do with the crm it's too small potatoes yeah you know too much trying to struggle to keep these communities alive you know she geez. looked exactly like pamela milton out of the comics though i mean they could not have drawn her any better oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's such a what a bait and switch too mm-hmm. she's hanging out with cudlets on Cl- clarice is she in clarice maggie uh, smith or? uh maggie smith isn't but um 
Nora, the actress who played uh, Devin Tyler, I think is her name. Nora from Fear of the Walking Dead? Yeah, Nora from Fear of the Walking Dead is on Clarice. Oh, she says Jane Atkins is, is oh, on and Jane. Oh, yes. Jane Atkinson is on Clarice as well. Devin Tyler and Michael Cudlitz are on Clarice. It's getting too close. It's getting too <laughs> close for comfort. We're, we're hitting too many uh, TWD alums. I'm getting excited. Are you kidding? TWDU infects everything. Like, if I see one Walking Dead actor on a show, I'm like, oh, you're in my family now. <laughs> the whole show. This whole show. <laughs> Come here. I collected you. Yep. Ah, you're mine. Yep. Uh, Do you think Heath is going to be more with CRM or with Commonwealth at this rate? Because mm. initially it said CRM has to be helicopter, garbage person, Jadis. <laughs> and Four. Now I'm thinking because of where they were down south near Oceanside, I was thinking to myself, oh, that is closer to Commonwealth ter- territory. So canon wise, it just makes sense. But for Heath's sake, I yeah. hope he's at Commonwealth. Same. <laughs> How would you classify Heath's fighting skills? Would you consider him a soldier? No, not when he, for, when we last left him. I mean, he did exactly. take part in the murders. If the CRM doesn't find him useful, I think he's a goner. But the Commonwealth, they will make him useful. He will, They will find a place. He will find a place there. The irony of, of him being useful to the CRM in some way, if not another way, right? The other, mm-hmm. the, the Bs versus As. But then the irony of, like, uh, the Commonwealth, oh, you may be useful in this way, in this apocalypse. Mm, but no, our thing is about the past so you're going to be what you were before yeah so it doesn't even matter it doesn't mm-hmm. even matter what you've become and so that's the weird i just why i love these groups and i hope that they never meet i hope that those <laughs> two never meet i really yeah. don't if they were to meet i say this because i'm afraid that they'll grow bigger not fight each other i think they'll see some common thread this in this venn diagram of trying to keep this thing up <laughs> and honestly i think the crm could be like yeah we could use a little of that before shit and and the commas will be, be like mm. We could use some of that manufacturing shit. (laughs) And they'd be like, yeah, we could just switch our uniforms to black and have the red things still. And then you can have the red things and we'd be a big family. And then they'll still kill them. But, you know. Well, we're black and red. Yeah, exactly. I think that looks kind of cooler, don't you? Like the black with the red stripes. Come on. That would be a much cooler uniform. Come on. Uh Unfortunately, I, in, in my opinion, I think the CRM would Dominate. see the Commonwealth as a threat. I mean, they saw Campus Colony as a threat, yeah. and they weren't nearly as advanced as Commonwealth is going to be. I personally think they would find them threatening, and they have the manpower to go in and just wipe them out. But then what's the recourse? What if they find out that the losses... Oh, baby, you know what the... And this, is, this brings me back to communism. <laughs> This is terrible, though, too, because I keep thinking about the Russian population at post-World War II and World War One, how they suffered the most losses than anybody after the world, after both world wars. We're talking about tens of millions, scores of people lost in that war. Uh, generations that could have been something, nothing. And so I, I think about that, and then I think about the CRM. I think about 200,000 strong, and I think about them trying to battle 80,000. 80, and who's to say that in that battle, the numbers matter? Because sometimes it's just a matter of territory. Mm-hmm. Not just resources, terrain advantage. Does the Commonwealth have an un- underground bunker? Do they have satellite locations? Even if you are an accepting group, doesn't mean that you don't have strategy. So right. I'm thinking, like, if the CRM mount- mounts an attack, they could lose scores of people. And again, what's it for? If you're trying to rekindle c- civil society, there's got to be something for after, right, Rick? Yeah. <laughs> and again, I say communism because when we were going through some of the, uh, the Civic Republic, the messages on the boards and the the being together and the the camps and the the relocation camps and the 
gulag and the way they run their society i keep thinking like oh this is communism made real this is the author authoritarian society that they have to maintain to maintain order it's almost like if the saviors were the jv team because we also compared the saviors back in season eight to like if negan was was stalin uh, rick is the united states of america you know like and so <laughs> yeah but if if negan was the jv team crm is like the major leagues like this is on a whole other organized level it's not top down it seems like it seems like they would have to have some sort of check within the military you know so anyway i don't want to wax too philosophical on that but i just <laughs> i'm thinking of the numbers that would be lost in the endeavor and then like the crossover and then the movies and then who's involved in those movies and i'm thinking oh god are our survivors gonna get sucked in somewhere in the middle like between fear of the walking dead and the walking <laughs> dead and walk walking dead world beyond it's i'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm a little turned on because <laughs> <laughs> think about it a little bit i mean <laughs> This goes back to something that um, Kim said in our talk with uh, with the Aim for the Head podcast and Brains Gone Bad, like how, wow, they really are setting this up to be like some sort of Star Wars franchise. They're really building this world in order for other, for all of us to kind of keep track of canon and, 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 and really get involved in the lives and the, and the, the happenings on and all around the, the, at least the United States, maybe a little bit beyond, into this world that they've built from nothing, from a comic book yeah. and gave it flesh. And Charity says, dead guy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, exactly. Speaking of dead gasms, what do you think Carol meant when she said smells like Daryl? Is this like a running joke that we're touching on that we're never going to talk about again? Uh, yeah, I don't know. People have a, a scent about them, don't they? Yeah. When it's familiar, you know it. My friend used to tell me that I smelled like maple syrup and ham some days. I That's not the worst thing you can smell like. That sounds right. pretty delicious to me, actually. So For, for a Jew, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I guess <laughs> when she said it, I, to me, it just sounded more like, oh, we're home. I guess so. That makes yeah. sense. But also the fact that she said it out loud. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm like, now, of course, we're like, well, what does Daryl smell like? Right. Exactly. <laughs> I want to know. It's probably sweat and mud. Sure. Shandy says our hair. <laughs> but like, I think she means hair. Hair. Maybe burnt hair. Oh, oh sweat. sweat and dog hair. Sweat and dog hair. Ew, gross. Sweat, no. and, yeah, sweat and mud. Maybe, um... <laughs> Maybe some grease if he was working on his motorcycle. Yeah, that thing's been through the moon and back. Ugh, so has he. <laughs> been dragged through the moon and back. <laughs> right. The only other thing I wanted to say was how perfect the song at the end was. Reading the lyrics while watching the episode and just like being stabbed repeatedly in the chest. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. it's it's it just cuts to the oh, quick. Oh, it, it first, so does. What's the first lyrics? You made your bed. Now sleep now in it. Now sleep in it. Ugh. That I mean, that alone, they could, uh, that kid, that gutted me right there. I will say, and I think you said this already, just to reiterate, it does feel like the fact that Carol is committed to fix the drywall, to fix everything that's been broken, whether it's on this episode or otherwise, tells me that she's committed to staying. Like, even though she muses to dog, she says, I could leave. Mm -hmm. I could do this on my own. And she can. And we both know she can. Yep. Can she do it well? Yeah, mostly. Mm -hmm. But when she has those bad days, which she's having, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. And then who do you want around you when those days happen? Jerry. Definitely Jerry. Just take oh, Jerry yeah. with you. Just take Jerry with you. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone should have Jerry with them. But really, you want your best friend. But then yeah. you start thinking, maybe I could use Maggie. Mag maybe Maggie gets me. And she does. After the conversation Maggie and Daryl had, I, th I think you're right. I think Maggie is going to understand what Carol did. She's going to understand her motivations. Maggie might be a really good person for Carol to talk this through with. <laughs> 
Especially given the response. Yeah, uh, yeah. To, to her confession about Hilltop. She didn't dwell on it. She just said, I get you. And yep. it's something that we haven't got to see for several, se- you know, a couple seasons at least. But even Sharon D says, I want a Jerry spinoff. I'd yes. rather have a Jerry spinoff, I think. She was probably right. means I'd rather have a Jerry spinoff than a Carol and Daryl spinoff. <laughs> I don't blame her. I don't blame her. I mean, there's something to it. Maybe like a maybe like a comic strip, right? That'd be kind of cool, like a like a cartoon, a Jerry oh, cartoon. I, I want Ezekiel to get better, so him and Jerry can have more fun scenes and not have this dread looming over Ezekiel. But you know what, though, I don't think that's going to happen. Partially because going back to the teaser that we just broke down, part of what you're supposed to think of when you see that gavel is, oh, who's playing the part of Michonne? Who's the and judge? It, and now whom I'm thinking may. Well, here's the thing. If Zeke lies and says he's like he was a judge or a senator or whatever, mm-hmm. he can get in there because Zeke is a king. Mm-hmm. Now, what are they going to reduce him to if he if yeah. he doesn't lie? Right? He was a zookeeper, <laughs> so he could be a zookeeper in the Commonwealth. They really he's he's an actor and he's good at it. That's what he wanted to be. Look at him. He's playing the role of king. He's very convincing. I would love for that to be the case. Part <laughs> of what the Commonwealth is rigidly about is no, no, no. It's not what you wanted to be before the apocalypse. It's what you were. You wanted to be a great actor. Eh, you ended up being a zookeeper. He could lie and say he was anything and be convincing at it, is, yeah. is my point. He could say he was a judge before. He could say he was a congressperson and, and sell it convincingly. He's just that smooth. That's what I'm looking for. And that's what yeah. I'm hoping he does, because what else is that gavel for? Because it's supposed to be a nod. It's supposed to tell you, oh, wait, Michonne is supposed to be like a lawyer in this. And she is nef- definitely not going to be in the Commonwealth. So somebody's going to have to take up that role. Well, and to be fair, Lawyers don't use gavels. Although Judges do. Yumiko. I forgot about Yumiko. Lawyers don't use gavels, though. No, but Judges like, do. I'm just saying evoking the sense, the, the, the courtroom. Of the courtroom the, feel. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. I got you, I got you. But we forgot about Yumiko. Yumiko's a lawyer also. She, correct. Yep. Mm. Mm. Of course, I forget about the ancillary character. We don't really have too many of the goods on, and she doesn't have many speaking parts as much as we'd like. Well, even though we just heard her last week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's something else I wanted to talk about. Because I finally noticed the ADR on this episode. Some of the speaking parts where Jerry and, and Carol are speaking to each other, when they're focusing on the Jerry cam and you hear Melissa, you know, Melissa, let's say Melissa, you can hear the, the kind of echo in the room where she recorded the ADR. Because when, when, when the camera's on Jerry, the the boom mic is on Jerry. It's not on it's not on Carol. When they record her parts to speak over Jerry or to speak, you know, respond to Jerry over her shoulder or whatever, over the camera's shoulder, that's in a room. And that's not in a room with a bunch of sound people. That's in a room in her house. You can actually hear the the echo mm-hmm. in her house as she's recording the volume. So I mm-hmm. want you to listen to that scene very closely with headphones. You will hear mm-hmm. what I'm hearing. Okay. AD, ADR happens all the time. Don't forget she was in a garage, which garages are echoey too. No, this this isn't in the garage thing. This is when they first me hey dude oh this is that, outside that, okay scene. exactly okay. the outside okay that's no scene, excuse they're, they're in front of each other <laughs> there's no adr fine but in that scene the the scene where the, the fish and the fertilizer ah, the, okay. that whole scene listen carefully just listen to that whole scene bit by bit pause take a little pause take a little beat then hit it again you'll hear the room that she and he by the way he uh-huh. is also you can also hear the adr when he speaks over her uh, the camera shoulder to her while the camera's fixated on her okay it's so great it's so great <laughs> but again it, it's sad too it's like these little is, things this is what we're we're kind of not forced to but like this is what they have to do to get it done to squeeze these episodes out for us so yeah I, and, I and them. let's be honest the a normal person a normal person wouldn't notice <laughs> 
yeah. we're not we're not normal no. you're not you're not normal we're not well, normal <laughs> and, and usually what happens is you get a clean take of the audio ideally i'm very familiar with that <laughs> right then you run it through a bunch of filters like a, a room filter or a, an outdoor filter or uh oh is it outdoors with a dog and some streams and some crickets in the background you know that sort of thing okay if it's clean enough you can put it anywhere you can you know visually or aud auditorially speaking you could put it anywhere you could put some background track to it you know whatever it is <laughs> to make it sound rough you know like it's distant things yeah. like that but if it's in a dirty room i say dirty i mean like has room noise has all the stuff echo it's hard to do the things that you want to do with the foley and the and all the sound effects and stuff like that so mm. speaking of sound effects I'll, there's something i want to hit on right after we talk about the song we were about to talk about which was mm -hmm. you made your bed now you sleep but this is a song by amateur uh, blonde amateur blonde right mm -hmm. it's called no worries no worries and i actually lifted this off of an article from renee hansen iowa mm -hmm. mama of three here's the thing it pops up here it was Yay. one of the first few results, so I got to I got to give her a little shout out. It says you made your bed now sleep in it, and dreams will cut the words out. I grind my teeth, grind my teeth to chalk, finding words to say to you. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Any fool, fool can carry on with grand delusions. Ooh, she's a fool. Ooh. Any dog, <laughs> dog like me, could find, Daryl, the best way through the fence to get to you. You just don't think about the time. You just don't focus on the time. Oh, of all the things you planned and never did. Of all the things you asked of me, while you worried about the time, you just worried about the time. Oh, oh, that the oh thing, <laughs> which is cool. A little harmonization. <laughs> this neighborhood, this hood's a border town, plagued by numbers. Ooh, doesn't bode well. Plagued by numbers. This fallen tree, tree turned to boards, boarding up the doors to you. Ooh, time is not good. Of all the things you planned and never did, of all the things you asked of me, of all the things you said and never did. Oh, all the things you promised me. Oh, and she has an interpretation. I'm I'm into Ooh. it. Renee's always been about music. She's she loves music. So having to do this probably was like a well, I love, Yeah, I love breaking down the music that they use in the episodes. Right. So this is what she says. Give me a break. You know, I I, I don't need to to <laughs> analyze this one. But she says the argument has been had and now they must deal with what was said because they let things fester for so long they can't even have a conversation at this point because emotions are too high both of them have delusions that things can be okay instead of dealing with them mm -hmm. thought the same thing i don't know about both of them daryl's kind of like i know things are going to be okay but i think they're not now so let's act like they are i think carol like as she's exhibited through this episode pretends like everything's all right and jerry kind of just shoves it in her face like hey you want to wrestle up some stones and she's like <laughs> <laughs> okay. Both of them have delusions that things can be okay instead of dealing with them. Both Carol and Daryl are good at getting themselves out of sticky situations, but can't deal with this fight that they've had. The plans, they've joked about leaving together, but there's a seriousness behind these plans. So who knows if they'll happen. Alexandria's been damaged, and there have been too many people making, making it difficult to provide for them all. They both feel the pressure of providing for this group. True. All that true. Carol and Daryl will get the, the Carol and Daryl will get over this fight they had. They've been friends for too long to, for even a fight like this to come between them. The song speaks volumes about where their relationship is in this episode. Okay, so just a moment in time. That's spot on. I'm, I don't know about the Daryl part of it. I think Daryl is where he is. I think even he's kind of like, this is just the thing. Because even at the end of this episode, what does he do? He he holds the door open, waits for her to close, start closing the garage door. He knows. I think he he he's smart enough to know to leave the door open, to leave the window open, to kind of let her in enough to say, hey, it's not over. I'm just having a moment, yo. Jerry is like, sometimes you just need a hug. You'll get through it. And even I think throughout this episode, she even goes to herself. 
to dog even i think it was <laughs> i think she's like all right i guess soup's not happening today meaning yeah there's always tomorrow so mm -hmm. i think she gets it i think it's just hard <laughs> it's it's hard when you're right in the middle of all those feelings you know i mean yeah. yes you know it's going to be okay but you're still you're still sitting it sorry i'm like i'm getting choked up talking about it again when you're in the middle of it you want to fast forward time i know i'm going to be okay but i need to get through this first and you just all you want to do is skip ahead to where you feel okay and you yeah. can't so I wrote this down a lot in my notes, but I never really got to talk about it. But a lot of what Zeke taught Carol served her well. Fake it till you make it. And she's mm. trying it out. Bless her. She's trying. Well, I think Carol's good at faking a lot of things. I mean, don't forget about her past even before the apocalypse. All of that true. And 100%. I think Zeke unlocked something in her also. <laughs> this is, well, you can also use it to just get through life in general for mm -hmm. yourself and your personal problems. Not in a malicious way not in a way that hurts you but like think of what you can do if you just put a mask on and go into battle when it comes to small things in your personal life like pretending to be queen or king you know <laughs> just to be a symbol that everybody rallies behind to get things better like the stone suit parable the stone suit parable is just the people to center around a single goal of getting people fed well you can be that for a lot of things you can be that to be the queen you can be a symbol of hope you can be something that people stand in awe watching you fix a soul panel you like you know what I, you can be that <laughs> yeah but after a while and this is best exhibited by jerry when he was saying ezekiel would have a, a saying for that all i kept thinking about was sometimes you have to let the cracks form to have to let the light come in it's all i was saying over and over and that's all i was like what does that mean carol that means sometimes you just have to be real just be real for one second you could put the mask on right after that <laughs> Stop bullshit. Stop bullshitting a bullshitter. I know you. Take your hug. You had a bad day. You had a bad day. Take a hug. <laughs> then you can put the mask on and be the symbol of hope again. Take a break. You're not Batman. I think Carol <laughs> needs to have a breakdown. Not like a mental break. I mean, she needs to cry and sob for a while and get all of that on the outside because she's holding it all in. I thought she was going to cry when Jerry hugged her. That would have been the moment that I went, oh, yup, floodgates open. <laughs> if, if you were watching just before that, she was just, she was saying, admitting finally, I had a bad yeah. day. I yep. had a bad day. And you could see like the, the wateriness of her eyes. That's why I thought she was going to just, I thought the floodgates would open and she would just fall. Nobody ever said that she didn't. She could have. And then she had her yeah. cry. Daryl came back and then everything was kind of all right. You know, just being nice to her or whatever. I, yeah, things went well. Yeah, it's good. The one thing that I did want to say, and I'm glad we brought that up. Did you get this distinct, awkward, and maybe even knife in your belly kind of feeling? when Daryl said, nah, you keep the Swiss Army knife. Because I felt oozing off of her like this kind of like, oh, you don't need me? Yeah, that really hurt my gut. Well, what do you, what do you, okay, okay then. Yeah, then she just sort of pocketed it and I'm like, whoa, whoa. Okay. But, but I thought that was interesting. A lot of things happened in that one moment to me. Yes, she felt that way. It's nice to feel needed. And sometimes you want to feel needed by the people you love the most. After that scene, I, th I thought to myself, being friends with somebody, it's nice to want to be needed, but you shouldn't have to be needed. I think about this a lot in my perks. I, I, cause I have to sometimes take these relationships and bring them into the real world and say, <laughs> but real friends shouldn't have to need each other to be friends. It's good 
good to have each other's back when you're needed, but it's not the thing of which the foundation of that friendship relies on. And I think something so small as a Swiss army knife symbolizing the fact that, oh, I don't really need you. That shouldn't be the thing that keeps you together, that you need each other. Because Dar- that's how their friendship started. Sophia. And, and Daryl just threw himself into her problem to fix it. Yeah. Sounds familiar. I think this is good for them, though. And then symbolized by the fact, okay, Daryl's welcome back to the thing, the gate. He leaves the gate open. And I love the timing on this. Daryl's backyard fence door slams at the exact same moment that garage door hits the floor. I thought that was very symbolic. I didn't like the symbolism that I got from it at all. They were closing the door on each other. <laughs> it's okay. Just in the other room. Right. I know. I know same it was house. just like I know it was just like a moment thing, but in that moment it felt so much more final and I was already heightened in emotional state because of the song and and i'm like it was hard to swallow i'm like no don't shut the door on each other well at least they (laughs) slam it on each other (laughs) well i mean like it (laughs) yeah it felt very final even though it was just they're just they're mad and they need a moment i get it but just it felt heavy but there's like a symbolism about them doing the same thing hitting the same mark with whatever sound effect they're trying to achieve so (laughs) are they very different no are they the same yes are they very similar people that went on a very similar journey yeah i mean it didn't work out for some carol (laughs) but it worked out for daryl and but you know what maybe next time around it won't work out for daryl and it will work out for carol so much you know so we don't know i mean again there's not so many episodes that you can tell the story where we can continue the saga in all these bonus episodes these are the two characters that got two episodes to tell their tale one was largely daryl focused the other was carol focused but Mm -hmm. both are nothing without the other person in it to be a backboard to bounce things off of kind of like aaron being the backboard for gabriel kind of like yumiko eugene ezekiel being the backboards for princess's story so they're kind of lucky that they both got their own episodes but still something bothers me about it we got this much out of it find me could have been and it is find me was the precursor to diverged it just rolls one into the other one after the other it's now like you're feeding the birds too much bird seed now they want more <laughs> bird seed and so we were left wanting more and there's not gonna be more the writers must be keeping in mind that we do want more and hopefully in writing season 11 we will get a little bit more than closure maybe we'll get a payoff for this level of character development these are things i think about when you get this much data on two people i'm thinking now the writing for season 11 has to give some sort of we have this knowledge where is it going to take us into season 11 and now we're going to have season 10-esque not bonus episode style episodes where this information has to take us somewhere i'm giving the people who may have said fuck this episode this is gonna matter it's gonna matter yeah and do you how long do you have to wait just a couple months you lucky bastards right there are no throwaway episodes there's not i mean there are slower ones but they're not gonna put something out for nothing every episode is important you just you gotta find why it's there it's just a matter of waiting blazy just sent me a sad picture she's trying to make me cry can you see it uh uh, I see a meme that it's a typical Sharony meme. So there's a it diverged. Is. It's it's oh John and June. Okay, yeah. so what what I'm seeing is I have to describe this for audio. The parallels on the, on the top panel it's Daryl and Carol diverging in the wood, and in the bottom panel it is John and June diverging on the highway. Hmm. 
sadness. Sadness galore. Keeping in mind the fact that we're not running out of content until much later. Going right into Fear the Walking Dead. Might be going right into The Walking Dead again. Maybe a week break. Maybe a month. Who knows? I don't think so. We've got uh, nine episodes that will take us into the summer. The summer will pick up with Walking Dead Season 11. Probably the first eight episodes. We might get a break after those eight episodes. And then only to go into The Walking Dead World Beyond. Probably. And then after The Walking Dead World Beyond, first half, maybe... I don't know how long this season's gonna be. We go back to Fear the Walking Dead, season seven, which is a, a go, obviously. And then uh, we go right back into The Walking Dead right after that half is finished and we go back into February. Oh my God, we're okay. But the good news is, Charity might have convinced me to release our Fear the Walking Dead intro as a ringtone as well. Mm-hmm. You know that little click, clack, mm-hmm. click, clack. What's great about that intro is that it's in stereo sound and all those TikToks are left, middle, center, middle, left, middle, right, middle, <laughs> left. So it's kind of cool. It'll play if you play it on your with headphones on. It's pretty, pretty trippy. So nice. I might rework it to kind of make it fuller, maybe. I don't know, maybe give some more meat to it. We'll see. And (laughs) since it's fear, Sharon's going to like it and she'll get it for free because... Nice. If you really like what we're doing, head over to ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead and just follow us so that you can be in the know about when we're recording, when the unedited episodes drop, and when any perks come out. Say, like, our weekly Jackbox games sessions, which we have Wednesday night, so that's two nights from now. Is it Monday night now? I just had to check the month. Now I have to check the day. Monday, yes. <laughs> so you can join us on stream if you if you buy us a coffee. You can get the ringtones that we are we're releasing currently for free. You can get the clips playlist on our YouTube page. So you just attach our clips playlist to your YouTube account and you can be in the know for any new clips that drop and also play some oldies. And all those clips actually have links to take you to the full episode, whether on audio or streaming. So it's a perfect gateway to get you caught up if you really want to catch up. And if you don't want to go through all of that it, the very least you could do is rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash squawking dead uh, five stars in that plan is all we need to know but if you like something if you don't like something if you just want to communicate your thoughts to us as a podcast in detail every little bit counts and i'll tell you why because before the weekend started we were ranking as number 19 in tv reviews for podcasts in canada all of mm. tv reviews in canada wow yeah we've dropped down to 48 but that's still <laughs> that's not small potatoes that's you know, still exciting. We're doing great in Australia, by the way, in TV reviews nice. and uh, entertainment. It's a sub. Thank you, Australia. Austria, still we're doing great. So it's thank you, Austria. Ratethispodcast.com does help. Listening helps. Awesome. We're doing Please. great. We're doing great on audio. Uh, yeah, streaming video, we could be doing better, I'm sure. <laughs> I'll keep plugging away. I will keep <laughs> plugging away. It's working. But again, I need, <laughs> we need your help. Ratethispodcast.com slash Squawking Dead will help. Uh, I haven't seen your reviews. If I have been missing them, please DM us. You can DM us straight from our, our website, squawkingdead.com. On the bottom right, there's a little little widget where you can DM us straight away. You can DM us on Instagram. Cool. Do, 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 I just want to know. If you are and I'm not knowing about it, let me know. I know the only two places I know that have rating systems so far are Podchaser, I think, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. But if you go to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead, it's an easy portal to, do, to rate us in any one of those as it applies to you, whether it's on your phone, your computer, a laptop, whatever it is, it gives you the right one for what, what you're using it on. So go ahead and do, do that thing. It just helps so much. Thank you very much. And so, guys, next week is here is Negan. Uh, I'm excited, but I know how you feel about backstory. So how are you feeling? Uh, listen, hey, uh, 
once the once the camera starts starts rolling, I'm gonna judge it by its own merits. We'll see what happens because as we've been seeing more scenes, it feels like this is some of the scenes are pre-apocalypse. Yes. Oh, the, I'm definitely picking up on that. Yeah. But or f- or at least the very beginning. Post fall, I'm feeling because the chemo. He has the chemo and the thing, and he's not giving it back. If my wife dies, I die. So it could be just after the fall. So I'm okay with that. And from what I've seen, it's going to be very different from the comic book. Mm-hmm. But I, I will say one thing. I, the, there is an exception to the rule. There's going to be a slight exception to the rule if this is the case. Want to hear my exception? I, I do. I thought this one through, so I'm going to think about it as I go. <laughs> pretty crafty like that. <laughs> if they film it much in the way the pilot for The Walking Dead is, like in, in kind of motif, in, in the style of the, the pilot, I won't be mad at it because there's a little bit of a parallel going on. And I'll be like, okay, well, I'll give you some artistic leeway on that if you're kind of if if you're kind of build negan the way rick was built in the first episode have at it that Mm. makes what you're trying to do like okay now we're taking you from the perspective of negan from the beginning Mm -hmm. like how he was just before moving into this thing and what have we always said negan was this big bad villain but had we started the walking dead from his perspective rick would be the bad he would be the big bad so this might be our opportunity to to see that. That would be really cool. Yeah, and I don't know how far we're going to go. I doubt very far in terms of Negan's backstory, but we might get some surprises. I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how how different this is going to be from from the backstory I already know. Oh, and Sharon D's saying it's a bonus episode. I think Sharon D's saying uh lower your expectations. Oh. And you know what? I wonder, I wonder, some of the reviewers that have had the screeners have said, you are not ready for Here's Negan. So I don't know, Sharon, we might convert you. They Uh, also called this episode a piece of crap, so I can't really trust their judgment right now. Yeah, let's like leave it there. Oh, like especially <laughs> especially uh, Johnny Odell, I think. Yeah, he he got yeah he got he got it from all sides. So you know what? When you say something, you got to be prepared for the consequences, right, Carol? I, almost, I mean, right, Johnny? <laughs> <laughs> I almost I almost wonder if if he's not told to stir up some beef. I almost wonder if that's even his real opinion or if it's just to cause a ruckus. Well, it was on his personal account, so it wasn't on the Walking Dead account, obviously. Well, God, can you imagine how that that would have gone down? Johnny has hot takes. He just doesn't let the air out of the balloon very often. Mm. He tries not to. And you know what? I know, just as a personal aside, sometimes the fans get on his nerves so much, I will Mm. like DM him on the side and be like, hey, dude, are you okay? Uh, Because these guys are, I know these guys are getting on your nerves. After an episode comes out, people will say, oh, give us a, give us an Aaron picture. Oh, give us a, give us a Carol picture you know they'll like in the in the replies for something what yeah yeah and he'll do it he'll give them a production photo of carol or oh that's Aaron. a bad idea <laughs> i know he feeds that's the fucking a birds bad idea he feeds the birds and the trolls alike yeah but it makes him amiable like, see listen as much as it's a slippery strategy look it works like people will follow his account they'll reply to it they'll engage but at the same time he wears so many hats between talk dead to me you know anyway mm. point of the point of the matter being is like ah, sometimes you know you gotta let johnny be johnny you gotta let a person be a person you know <laughs> and there's value in that so that, hey yeah. at least you know how he really feels about something that's yeah, good and, and, and he's not a bad person and that's fine look at me i you can hate the episode all you want because i loved it that's just more more, more episode for me to love. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go spamming your accounts. Oh, sorry. We're not gonna open that door. I <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 well, I think you got. I think you got quite enough this week. You know, you got a little little, <laughs> little lift in your boots. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think you're on cloud nine. Oh yeah. For- 
At least to the end of this week. You never know. I'm feeling good. I'll be I'll be riding the high for a little while. <laughs> walking on sunshine. That's right. Bring Whoa. back Janice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shandy says hashtag She's, bring back Janice. Yep, we started that one. <laughs> oh, 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 so you're gonna do that? You're gonna okay? Gotcha. I, I get the context now. Yep, I know what's yep. going on. Yep. Hashtag bring back medicine. Bring back medicine. Anyway. <laughs> Have a great night, guys. We'll see you next week. Hopefully you liked our episode with Peggy Shot because it should be coming out before this one. Oh, so excited. So hope you enjoyed this episode. Hope hope you enjoyed the interview with Peggy Shot. I was your host, David Cameo. Cosmo was here and I, Rachel Burt. We got Blazy Gardner in the chat. We got Rebecca Punch trying to do what Becca Punch does, which is a lot of things I can't talk about. So, being the champ. Yeah, being a champ of the trivia. That's right. Yeah, She's remember to live in life, being the champion. Yeah, that's right. Remember to DM Blazy Gardner for, to be a part of some of those trivia nights. And with yep. that, We'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye. <laughs>